Thank you for tuning in to The Balancing Fact. I'm Angela Calais. I have been a full-time realtor for the past 16 years. With three kids running a real estate brokerage, I work to dispel the myth that you cannot have a work-life balance when working in real estate. That balance looks different for everybody. Today, my guest is Martha Liriano. Martha has been on the front line of real estate since 2003 and a licensed realtor since 2008. Martha also serves currently as the president of the Washington, D.C. Network for Women's Council of Realtors and will soon be a speaker at her state's convention. Having been on her own since she was 15 years old due to the death of her single parent, she has been able to build herself from the ground up, helping and leading many to victory while being a single mother to three wonderful kids. She's built a solid system of treating people with honesty, acceptance, understanding, and respect, and this alone has been her main ingredient in life. When she's not busy serving clients, she loves spending time with her kids, hiking, being outdoors, and reading. I am so honored that Martha has offered her time to speak with me and share with all of our listeners her story and her success. Hi, Martha. Good morning. Good morning, Angela. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank God as well. Yeah. So you are actually the first guest I've had on the podcast that I have not met in person. So tell me, where are where are you from and what's the market like where you are? I uh, actually reside here right in the heart of Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. uh, I cover the Maryland and Washington, D.C. area. And boy, what a market it is. I believe that all my other fellow real estate agents across the nation will possibly say the same exact thing. I doubt that uh, the busyness is not only here in the heart of our nation, but uh, the market has been a spring-like market since August, from what I recollect, uh, last year. So it's been an ongoing 24-7 business. But thank God that's a great problem to have. No complaints, but it's just been a super busy market, you know? Yeah, how exciting. So our market really has started to cool. So the last couple months, um, yeah, I'd say, yeah, probably like two months or so. And it was just real sudden. It just all of it, you know, we went from getting 20 offers to going five days on the market with two or three offers, just all of a sudden, which is still a great seller's market, but crazy. So you're still going strong over there. It's still going strong in certain areas. We are noticing like sort of a, a pause, if you will, uh, not a pause as in like, um, I say a pause as in the number of offers that we're receiving. Mm. Um, it's still possibly, you know, it's still going. I'm noticing across the board that, you know, where you once saw 20, 30 offers is now about down to like five to 10. And those five to 10 are still aggressive. So it's yeah. still a heavy seller's market on this end as well. Okay. So yeah, that's pretty similar over here. So how do you, how, well, actually let's kind of start at the beginning. What, um, what did you do before you were in real estate? Actually, I actually joined real estate right from high school. Uh, really? 2003. Yeah. Okay. Back in 2003. And what made you decide to go that route? The high school that I attended was heavy on encouraging all students to go to college. Uh, unfortunately, my life turned out to be a little slightly different from average. Uh, where I unfortunately lost my single parent next to me in a terrible car accident at age oh, 15, so my sophomore year. So um, having had about two years at that point to sort of adapt to my real world, um, unfortunately, I had to face the reality that I was one that I couldn't afford college, um, mm -hmm. but I still knew that I wanted to live a life that uh, was not uh, simply just, I wanted to sort of set a platform for myself that uh, the rest of my life didn't have to be 
of struggle. So I had to think quick on my feet again with that adaptation. I thought at that point, okay, well, let's get into an industry that even though I don't have a college degree, it could more than likely, at least from what I read and what the bit of what I knew at that time can still supply me at least the life that I'm hoping to, you know, to have gained at that time. So actually that's kind of what opened my mind up to real estate. Um, to be honest, I went in it, you know, sort of blindly, right? At the age of 17, 18, mm -hmm. you don't really know, right, what to expect. But I went in it blindly with a mindset, okay, well, you know, let me just see what this industry has to offer. And little did I know, I was actually going to fall in love with it. And so that's literally where my history began. Yeah. What do you think you loved about it? The To me at that time, it was the different styles of architect mm -hmm. um, and just the history behind it. I'm such a uh, over the years, I've grown to admire history and certain traditions or what have you. So just honestly fascinated as to how certain buildings were built many oh, years before and how they still so strong. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And so honestly, that's what opened up my my area of like, um, you know what? I actually like this. I don't see me getting bored because I'm one that if I continue doing the same thing, I can get bored eventually. Sure. But um, that's actually what opened up my eyes to seeing that, you know what? There's actually a lot of different avenues in this industry that one can take that if I do get bored in one, I could possibly hop into another one. So that's kind of how my I yeah. started opening up my mind to just saying, you know what? This actually might be a an avenue that I'd be interested in, in exploring more. Yeah. So when, so you were so young and just starting out, how did you choose what broker to work for? Good Where question. One of my aunts, who's a heavy investor, she actually uh, had a long uh, time relationship with a real estate agent at that point. Uh, that particular brokerage was looking for a receptionist admin person. Mm. And um, again, to be honest, I started the position that way, uh, not mm -hmm. really knowing what to get myself into. I just kind of wanted to be in the air, if you will. And mm -hmm. uh, what I thought that I was getting into, which was that receptionist position, I guess because of my work ethics, my work ethics at that time of, I guess, getting to work every single day on time, always being professional, what have you, within two, three months, um, the broker as well as the uh, broker is uh, the... Um, associate broker took me under their wing and just started taking me in. They're like, you know what? Scratch the receptionist position. We actually want you in over yeah. here. And that's what started opening up my eyes to, to, to start realizing that there's a lot more evidence. And did you start on your own? Did you join a team? I started on my own. Yes. Okay. So back in 2003, I became the firm's property manager, assistant okay. property manager, and then kind of started leveling up from there. So honestly, I did not actually obtain my real estate license until 2008 because um, oh. starting that position, it was just like sort of being a real estate agent. Although I was employed, I didn't have any benefits. Uh, three years later, I, I had was uh, birthed my first child. And obviously, as we know, being a real estate, you don't get any benefits. So I had to think once again, fast on my feet. Okay. I then went into CoStar Group. Uh, which I know is a you know international company now, and uh, there I was able to then again continue expanding my knowledge in overall real estate. There I expanded it in commercial real estate. I uh, worked there okay. for over seven years, so again I kind of just kept on that again you know that uh, that mindset of let me continue exploring and and gaining as much knowledge. I don't know where it goes, you know, mm -hmm. but just tr started trusting the process, and one thing led to the next. And then yeah. doing, while working at CoStar Group, building solid relationships with those commercial brokers nationwide at that time, um, they were the ones that actually encouraged me. They were like, have you ever thought about getting your real estate license? And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I'm here yeah. to serve you, you know? And they're like, no, you actually know a lot. And little did they know that on my off time, I was taking all the classes because okay. CoStar Group is awesome. 
with offering a lot of like um, educational course on commercial real estate. So I was one on, on my off time, I'm taking all those classes and little did I know that that was increasing my, my, um, my language, if you will, in real estate. So when I'm talking to these commercial brokers, they're like, hold on, how do you know that? How do you know this? And so they were the mm. ones that opened up my mind to saying, hey, you should actually get your license. One thing led to a next. Next thing you know, I, I uh, found a brokerage company that was within minutes of that CoStar Group uh, office uh, with the mindset of maybe I can actually start taking appointments on my lunchtime hour and straight after, straight after work and sure. that way. You know, so that's kind of how it all began. So I was actually a dual career agent for six years. Okay. And um, not knowing what I was doing. In other words, not knowing what it takes to be a successful real estate agent. Next thing you know, my broker started speaking in my ear saying, Martha, you actually are good at this. You actually should consider yeah. doing this. And so once again, one thing led to another, you know? Yeah. And so you had your first child in that time frame while you were taking the classes and working yeah, in well, you know, I actually had my first child when I uh, departed uh, from that first brokerage that I was with. So three okay. years later, so I had my first child at age 20. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then I had wow. baby number two right after it. Baby number one was so easy. Baby number two was like, let's just get it out the way. So we actually had it. So by the time I became a real estate agent, they were two and three. Okay. And that was in 2008? That was in 2008. Yep. So you picked a great market <laughs> to get into real estate. And I actually chose to be a real estate agent, not only because of what was being told to me, but also that's when the economy went down. Yeah. And I figured what better way of actually understanding this, you know, fully than, you know, sort of picking it up when things were down for everyone. So I figured, let me just go ahead and get it now. So then that way, trusting that the market is going to, you know, go back up as it tends sure. to do, right? Then I can, at that point, whenever that happens, then I'll be at least at a point where I'll feel more confident knowing that I can properly serve anyone that comes my way. Sure. So how did you, did you start out working with sellers or buyers or? I started working out with tenants and okay. then buyers. I love that my brokers was very firm on that. They were like, close out a couple of deals, right? Like in other words, let me see what you can do, right? Let me go ahead and kind of give you the small fish. And that, that's how gradually I started growing uh, into, you know, sort of higher positions, if you will. So I started sure. serving tenants. Um, and I loved it because, you know, at that point, it really helped me build my confidence that when anyone got in front of me, I was able to sort of, you know, adjust and understand that it's all about the client and listen carefully. Right. Because mm -hmm. when you have someone in front of you and you ask the right questions, they actually do open up a lot more than what, you know, sort of your average stranger would. So yeah. it was pretty cool to get that practice. And then, you know, that's kind of how I gradually started uh, sort of increasing the scope of business. Sure. So you you were still kind of working in a more structured position when you got your license. And at, at what point did you decide and, and or maybe you didn't, but at what point did you make the decision? OK, I'm going all in selling real estate. When I realized that I was not able to climb the ladder, I hope that this doesn't, you know, everyone mm -hmm. has their story. Um, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to climb certain ladders that I once envisioned at that company that I so loved because mm -hmm. I didn't have a you know college degree. And um, again, still, of course, having that mindset that I still not only want to give myself, but even more my kids, the life that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I imagined. I realized that, you know, something's going to have to change here, Martha. You're going to have to take that leap of faith, leaving, you know, uh, certain things behind and just going in. So, you know, uh, it was when that transition uh, that I became that full-time real estate agent, which is actually in 2014, that I went literally all in. Okay. And yeah. how did that change 
how did that change your life? I mean, going from that structure. So now you've got, you have three kids at that point, right? No, I had two kids. I yeah. had three now, but I had two okay. kids at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they so were at that time, they were six and seven years old. Okay. Yeah. So they're in school and you decide to take the leap and you're just, you're going to, you're going to sell houses full time and you had to invent your schedule, how you were going to structure your day. You weren't going to have a boss telling you, you know, you had to come in at a certain time. How did you decide how to structure that? Well, I took advantage of what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means mm -hmm. to be self-employed, right? I loved at that time, the idea that I was, I was going to be able to accompany my children in field trips and being able mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, go into their classrooms and read books to them and their classmates. So I really love that first, you know, that flexibility of schedule that I was able to, you know, sort of be in that position where I was able to sort of uh, learn how to uh, allow the schedule to work for me and my family. So I, you know, just kind of went in it with that mindset, um, mm -hmm. to be honest. So, you know, being a real estate agent, I always look at it just like any other business owner that decides to start their own, you know, business. It's 24 seven, you know. Mm -hmm. So thank God uh, with their father, we just kind of, you know, teamed up and, and you know, just uh, created a nice solid schedule that worked for he and I. That okay. in those uh, days that I had to work some extra hours, he would kick in. So thank God at that time, it all actually ended up working out. You know, sometimes it's just like, you know, uh, taking that leap of faith and trusting, right, that, you know, the opportunity has presented itself for a yeah. reason. And you just got to follow the process. Um, I'm a firm believer in God. Uh, that's been my parent heavily ever since I've lost my physical parent. Yeah. So, you know, it was just trusting him and trusting the process and not being scared, you know, because oftentimes fear can get in the way. And yeah. um, at that point, because of the fact that, you know, I wasn't new to being on my own, um, I just I've, I've learned at that point to just trust the process and know that everything is really, in fact, happening for a reason. Yeah. So what did that schedule look like for you then? Um, and maybe how is that different from what you do now? Um, did you did you have certain times blocked out where, OK, this is open to work with buyers, this is open to work with sellers, or was it more like, let's see what this week looks like? Because we know things can change. Yeah, no, I, I actually, uh, to be honest, I like to be honest. So bear with me. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have a schedule. I went with it by the ear. I, you know, this is my bread and bread and, you know, I need to do what I have to do to make sure that the kids have shelter and food on the table. So honestly, my clients were the one that drew, drew my schedule and yes. I felt that I needed to adhere to their schedules if I was going to achieve what it was that I was, um, my goal was to achieve. So honestly, I did not have an actual solid schedule if you will, at that time, I just allowed my clients to drive my world. So as yeah. you can imagine, that meant missing a lot of dinners with my kids. That meant, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we're supposed to be going out for family day and uh, having to, uh, you know, cut it in half because, oh my goodness, I got to go show a property now, right? Mm -hmm. So um, for the first half of my career at that time, it that was my world. It was yeah. whatever the client needed. Um, but at the same time, communication has always been big to me. So always mm -hmm. keeping household aware of this this is why mom has to step away, right? Yeah. 
um, because that, uh, I, you know, that is clearly important, uh, especially for kids, in my opinion, right? All they know is mom is not here. But mm-hmm. I felt that if anything, if that thought ever came to mind, this is why mom is not here. It's not that mom is out here just not doing anything. It's no, it's for the well-being of all of us. So this is a sacrifice that we have to take at times and it too shall pay off. I, I trust it, even though, right, mm-hmm. everyone was blind at that time and, and, uh, and, and hopeless, if you can imagine. But uh, I trusted the process once again. And thank God it all, you know, uh, eventually worked out. And yeah. so in terms of how it's worked uh, now, how is it different now? Now, of yeah. course, years of experience, it's more structured. Mm-hmm. I have select days that I'm off. I have select days that I spend one-on-one time with my kids. So it's certainly much more structured. Um, mm-hmm. I actually allow, um, act, you know, with the structure of scheduling now, I run off of that as opposed to how I used to run um, before. Sure. So. Do you do that with a buyer's agent or do you have a transaction coordinator or what's your team? look like? You know, at one point, uh, had you and I had this conversation two years ago, roughly at that time I was building a team. Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized that building and doing all that one has to do to obviously grow such a sort of, um, a large platform, if you will, was steering me away from my passion. And what is my passion, right? That of what wakes me up in the morning that makes me want to continue doing it. It was actually serving people directly. Yeah. So I've had to make a lot of, you know, uh, business decisions, which I'm sure that a lot of folks had to do over the pandemic of why are you doing this? What is your big why? And I realized yeah. that I am one that I actually care more about serving my clients than building an empire. And to each his own is just uh, now being a single mom of three kids, I had to realize that I can only stretch myself but so far. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, again, realigning it with my passion, what it is that I, you know, so in other words, uh, at that, at this point, even though it's possibly ideal that I can get a buyer agent, I do have some great professionals that tend to help me that when I'm out of town, but for mm-hmm. the most part, when I'm in town, I service all types of clientele to this day. I service okay. buyers, I service sellers, I service landlords. Um, and I'm actually still a property manager as well. Um, so I just decided, you know, during the pandemic, let me just stick and and hone in on that of what I love and actually Mm -hmm. has kept me in this industry for so long, which is pretty much just serving the community. Mm -hmm. You must have really good systems in place to be able to do all of that on your own. What types of things do you rely on? Do you have a contact management system that you love or what, what are some of your systems look like? Uh, you know, I think that, you know, one decides to do it on their own as I've, I've had to decide. I certainly have a transaction coordinator. I also have an assistant as well. So having them too certainly helps me, mm-hmm. uh, keeps me in front line of what it is that I enjoy doing while in return, they help me with the admin administration yeah. stuff that, you know, at most times can actually consume most of our time. So uh, I've had to, you know, uh, create that over there over time. Yeah. So what, so you have an assistant and a transaction coordinator? Yes. So what is your assistant, um, what would your assistant's job duties entail or what types of things do they help with as opposed to the transaction coordinator? Because I have one assistant, she does both. So I'm just kind of wondering like how you would um, decide. Yeah, to each his own. I mean, the transaction coordinator does exactly that, right? From start to finish, once when the file is, compl- is, is sort of put together. Um, and then the assistant does all the other things. Uh, mm-hmm. All the other things as in making sure that our, I always look at it like foundation, making sure that our foundation is strong, rather that is our um, you know, follow-up system, uh, marketing, if you will, 
uh, things of that nature. So that's mm -hmm. what each party does. And at okay. one point I actually had it where I had one person that was handling it all and treat people how you want to be treated. I was realizing that that person was getting burnt out. And so putting myself in that shoe, I would have too, would have been overwhelmed. So that's when I realized, okay, Martha, it's actually going to have to be more than one. Yeah. So I figured, okay, let's just kind of be straightforward. You do transaction coordination and you do the other part. Yeah. Does your TC work specifically with you or does she service other agents as well? She services other agents as well. Okay. Is she, is she virtual or is she in your office or? She's in my office. Okay. She's wonderful. She's been such a blessing to me because she's been able to, the great thing is that she's actually also really, she's licensed as well. So oh, having nice. her yeah. as that person that if by chance I'm out of town, for example, um, she'll be able to still service our clients. And so it's certainly worked well for both of us. Oh yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. So you mentioned that you lost your single parent when you were 15. Um, you must've had other role models or people you looked up to. <laughs> Good question. Um, to be honest, um, I had my siblings. Uh, my mother okay. always ingrained in us while living. We're all we have. So we were always kind of raised like when it, it, we when we were growing up, um, we were always just our family. So mm -hmm. we see, you know, family, cousins here and there, um, but it was always just us. So um, with the years of, um, you know, great work, at, you know, all the things mm -hmm. that she's pretty much showed us, right? Because kids, they don't sometimes pick up on the things you say, but they will pick up on the things that you do. And mm -hmm. so my, my mother was wonderful with that. Like, you know, she was a single mom for some time and she just showed us like, you know, hard work does pay off. Honesty does pay off. This world is ugly. Turn the other cheek, learn how to not allow others wrongdoing to get to you, you know? So mm -hmm. honestly, even though I was young and I am the youngest, um, we kind of uh, started leaning on each other to just mm -hmm. kind of pick up, you know, where we were left. Yeah. Um, uh, fortunately, at that time, my brother was 21 years old and my sister was 19 years old. And although we were clearly young, we still made it work because of that of what my, our mother taught us from young. Yeah. So, so we literally had each other. And then, of course, um, while our mother was living, we, you know, um, rub elbows with some wonderful people that she introduced us to two of them to be exact and they too were single mothers not that i'm trying to say as in like you know then sure. but that's on you know that's what my world was and honestly i would say it was actually them my mother her best friend and my sister's uh former mother-in-law like they were certainly role models to me in terms mm -hmm. of showing me that you know regardless of who you have to your left and your right you yourself can do it right if you really um, create a solid foundation. So those and honestly were my role models. And then God, of course, because that's who I turned yeah. to after the, the trauma that I had to face. Yeah. Awesome. So in your professional world, is there anybody that you, um, any teachers or leaders or anything that you follow or any perfect books that you would recommend? Yes. I love All books right. over <laughs> here. I'm not always a reader, but in the past four years, I've been picking up on reading. Yeah. And also, obviously, being in this profession, you meet so many wonderful people. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm so grateful for that. You know, you meet, obviously, other colleagues, real, other realtors. You meet other, you know, obviously, consumers that you're just serving. And you just mm -hmm. meet so many incredible people. I've met so oh, many gosh. great people that I'm so grateful because, you know, sometimes even though when you're not looking, mm -hmm. you see, right? And I've met a lot of great professionals 
professionals. I mean, two that I want to certainly call out um, that I just admire how gracefully they handle things. Uh, also being mothers at home and, and, and still being able to like, you know, be a superstar when it comes down to, you know, getting to work is Kimberman Kitty. I love her. She's so humble. That's what I love about her. And then also, um, yeah. And then also, um, I have so many, you know, great people that I've just been able to rub elbows with. That I, mm -hmm. I know I can't shout all of them out, but Kimber certainly stands out to me because of her, her gracefulness, you know, her kindness, her humbleness. That's what mm -hmm. tops it all for me. Um, so that's certainly one person that has shown me that, hey, you know, we can wear a lot of hats here, but, you know, just mm -hmm. still do what you have to do the right way, the honest way. And you know, help those that you can help, and you know, keep it moving. One yeah. the one time she and I were um, at an event, and I loved how she said, "You know, I you know, whenever you know adversity happens, I just want to hurry up and happen, so then that way I learn what I need to uh, uh, change or how, mm -hmm. what I need to modify, and then that way I can get over that. And then, in other words, like just keep it going. I so love that. Like bring right? on the challenges." life comes to us in so many ways, rather it's personal or professional. And sometimes if one doesn't have the right mindset, you can get stuck there. Right. Yeah. And so that's why I so love those individuals that can be honest, not only with themselves, but being honest with the world, because oftentimes mm -hmm. from what I've seen, you know, we can all fall on our faces, but if you don't have the right reference, you can stay there, you know? So um, again, God is the other person. And then I can, as you see, I can, I'm going to continue uh, bringing him up. I know that, yeah. you know, when it comes down to the professional world, you don't talk about religion and politics. I'm really not talking about it. I'm just simply giving him the light because Lord knows, like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, and then books, books that I can recommend. Absolutely. There's so many. Napoleon, you know, Napoleon Hill, you know, yeah. you can grow rich. That's such a great one. Uh, how now, did you read it? the paper version of that or did you do the audio book? I have to have paper version. Okay. I, need to feel. I tried the audio book and I just, I'm like, everybody says I have to read this. Let's get it in. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't make it through. And I don't know if it's the narrator or what it was. I'm like, I guess this is supposed to be a great book to read. And I just, I think I got like halfway. Yeah, to each his own. And that's the cool thing that we have the options of choosing. I'm one that I need to feel. So, you know, I've tried the audio book. I'm a big road trip person. So on road trips, I'll try to put it in. I'm like, this just doesn't kick it. Like you said, yeah. it's the voice. It's something that I'm like, okay, this is making me sleepy and I need to be alert. So yeah, if it's not the right reader, it doesn't work. There's some that I get through and are great on, on a run or in the car and are great. And then it could be a wonderful book, but if it's not read by the right person, I just kind of, yeah, your, your mind wanders and you kind of lose it. True statement. Yeah. So I'll have to pick up the paper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other book, good books, How Alrod, uh, very well known, yeah. right? In the real estate industry, Miracle Morning, that's a must. That's like a, to me, that's like a Bible for a realtor. Mm -hmm. You need to read that. Uh, of course, the MREA book, that's again, another Bible that I feel like if you're going to be a real estate agent, these are yeah. two books that you just need to read. Period. That's my big one. Yeah. That was a big one for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have a, a couple other, and you know, it's, it's a several others. I, I read self-help books, nonfiction books. Okay. So, uh, you know, just reading them back to back. My goal was always at first, uh, when I started reading, I gave myself like, all right, let me just do six books, really doubting myself. Um, and I ended up reading, no, I, I gave myself a task of reading four books that year and I ended up reading six. And so ever okay. since then, every year after year has just been doubling and all that. So, um, one of the ones that I'm reading right now is Grit. I love okay. that one with Angela Duckworth. 
um, you know, identifying the, the, the purpose and passion of one. Um, so it's just so many great books out here for, you know, I just mm-hmm. think it's just, just, it all depends on what the person is, uh, uh, sort of lacking for them to choose which book. But, uh, uh, another one that is an easy read is this one that I actually have behind me kind of use it as a go-to exactly what to say, especially okay. as a real estate agent, right? Uh, meeting yeah. the people they are. So yeah, it's just so many books out here and I'm just, uh, finding joy in just, uh, realizing the amount of, um, uh, of resources that we have out here. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm about to finish grit now. So I just ordered two more books, uh, last night. So, you know, so just, when do you find time to read? Is that part of your morning routine or when morning when routine, okay. nighttime, anytime I'm in, in between, if I'm waiting on a client to arrive at the house that I'm supposed to be meeting that, mm-hmm. that little 10 to 20 minutes, I can read me a couple pages. So literally any time of day, I'm the type of person I walk out my house and I make sure that I have my book in my hand. Like, okay. you know, mom, you're going to the grocery store. Why do you need a book? Well, you never know if there's traffic along the way or if I got to yeah. be in the car for some reason. <laughs> so if you're driving through Washington, D.C. and you see I won't have the book in car, my hand. But if I realize that I'm stuck in traffic and it's evident that I'm not moving, absolutely, I will whip out my book. <laughs> hey, you got to fit it in where you can. Exactly. So what does your morning routine look like? Well, thanks to uh, Hal Alrod and another one that I found joy in. This year is this one, Organized Tomorrow okay. Today. Oh. Um, my morning routine is that I need to wake up at least two hours before my household wakes up. Mm-hmm. I need to, over as I've gotten older, I'm, I've turned on that in that category. I'm not much of a morning person, so I've identified sure. that by myself. So I need to wake up at least two hours in advance so I can calmly do the things that Hal Elrod um, uh, recommends for us to do, right? Sure. So the acronyms is SAVERS. I love to meditate. I love to to, uh, to to share with me the affirmations, right? Because as a single mom, you don't have anyone rubbing your shoulders, reminding you of those things. Yeah. Um, the V, right? I visualize that goes into the meditation. And this book, um, which I started- I haven't to- heard of that one, but I literally got goosebumps when you just held it up. It's called Organize Tomorrow Today. Eight exactly. Retrain Your Mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is a wonderful book to read. So I applied what I had already been doing since I, because uh, I actually met Hal Elrod uh, in person when he came to Howard County. That's where I was uh, first started in real estate okay. as a real estate agent. I met him in person and I, and I, his story was so remarkable. Um, I also felt like I can relate to him because he and I have metal rods in our legs. I had I had oh. got that in my mother's car accident. So anyway, all of that, you know, somehow just makes you feel like you can relate yeah. to him. Have something in common. So I started applying all that in my business from then from then doing the savers in the morning time. Um, and then ever since I read this book, I started doing what that book suggests. So uh, the okay. reason why I cut it off when I said V is because in this book it recommends that when you are meditating to when uh, to inhale six seconds. Hold mm-hmm. it for two and exhale seven seconds. Okay. And as soon as you do that, then you say your personal affirmation because we each uh, have our own personal statement, um, your affirmation. Then you say to yourself three things that you did well yesterday mm-hmm. and three things that you want to do good today that you know you want to accomplish today. And that can go, obviously, that's different for everyone. Um, I tend to always like to say it three things that I did well, rather it's, you know, a couple things personal as well as professional. And then it reminded myself of what I know I have to do. Yeah. Um, and then again, finish that with the personal statement. And then once again, close it out with the six seconds of inhalation, hold it for two seconds and then excel for seven seconds. And mm-hmm. you really do see a difference in your attitude. 
Yeah. Uh, the E is for exercising, just like Hal mentioned, at least exercise for 15 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. Let's be frank, right? Sometimes you do get up in the morning and you don't feel like working out. Mm -hmm. um, at least for me, right? Just running the kids here and there, I, yeah. I do get tired. So I've been able to uh, learn how to just listen to my body. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to force my body to do something it really does not want to do. But at least I know that I need to incorporate exercise in some way, somehow. So rather yeah. if it's instead of me driving the kids to school, let me just walk to them. Yeah. Let me walk them to school. That's one. Um, another thing is, like y'all mentions, even if it's just doing jumping jacks for 15 minutes, that mm -hmm. really does like make you, you know, it just makes you alert. It wakes you up. Mm -hmm. um, and I've also been, uh, I've also uh, downloaded this app called Fit On. Okay. And Fit On is a wonderful app um, because it gives you, de depending on whatever time frame you're working with. So sometimes, right, as realtors, we only have like 10 minutes yeah. to spare. So they have, different types of works out depending on the time frame that you have. So they okay. average between six minutes to 25 minutes of workouts. So it all depends on my morning, but I will yeah. always try to squeeze that in. And sometimes again, on those mornings that I really don't feel like doing a heavy workout, then mm -hmm. I'll still do at least a six minute one and trust and believe that six minute will like feel like, yeah. you, did whole, you know, so yeah. it really works. It really helps. And then the reading again, you are, know, I love that. Mm -hmm. And then the, so the S is for scribing. So that journaling mm -hmm. really does help. And I've had, and I've learned it over time, really how much that does help. Because I think that as an adult, sometimes you wake up with so many things on your mind. And the, to be honest, that's actually the first thing sometimes that I, I do in the morning time um, is like, just let me just write, write these things out. Cause I realized mm -hmm. that as I'm venting it, as I'm letting it out, now my mind is like, okay, what yeah. now? Yeah. So it brings those are, that's my morning yeah. routine. Wow. I love it. That's great. I, I think walking is so underrated. So just, you know, there's times we're in the middle of the day. I'll grab my phone and I'll go on the treadmill and I'll just walk and I'll check my email. So I'm still, you know, using that time productively for my business because it is the middle of the day. But just, I mean, walking is just a great exercise. And I think walking outside is so necessary. And I know it gets cold where we are and it's hard in the, in the winter and things, but just getting out in nature too, is just, just, just ease your mind. And it allows your mind to actually kind of go to places that you needed to go in that time where I'm not driving. So I can't write it down. And, you know, like you said, just, just getting things down on paper too. I so I so agree with you. You know, walking is so underrated. Sometimes, what you say to a person, because there's certain family members of mine. That's why I'm chuckling. That I say the word walk, and they're like, "I'm not walking." You know, and oh, I'm like, really? "Walking can actually just be let's walk three blocks." Like, no yeah. one's going a three, you know, three mile hike. No, I mean, it depends on our time. Now, if we do yeah. have the time, firstly, I'm gonna push you to let's go because I need it too. I yeah. love to be out in nature. Nature just really wakes me up. So I'm like with you, like. um, during the the warm season traditionally right spring through mm -hmm. fall i'd like to be outside because there's something about outside and i also yeah. actually once read it in one of the books um that if, if you if if a person can get used to every morning walking it it does something to you and oh, it yeah. really does take away anxiety it really does bring you back to harmony. It does something to you. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's the sun. I don't know if it's the vitamin D. It is something. Mm -hmm. um, and in the winter time, like you said, then I'll get on my treadmill. Um, 
Um, so it really just all depends on my mood and my situation. If it's raining outside, then obviously I need to get on the treadmill, but I try to just keep active because when I don't, that's when I start feeling the sluggish and the mindset yeah. and all that stuff. So, well, and I think sometimes there's that, there's, um, that thought process or that, that pressure to, well, if I'm going to work out, I have to do this very strict regimen that is going to be very hard on me physically. I'm going to be jumping. I'm going to be doing burpees. I'm going to be doing all of these high impact things. Like if I'm going to do it, let's go big. You don't need to do all those things. I think people put these expectations on themselves. Like if I'm going to do it, I have to do this. Just do something. Like walking is great for you and it's easy on your joints. It's good for your mind. It's, um, you know, I think we, we set the expectation too high on ourselves and then we end up just not doing it at all. So. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest. I mean, cause sometimes, sometimes those that you hear that you should work out are the ones that are buff and the ones that are like in the gym all the time. So sometimes yeah. one can get, cause I was one, one, I'm like, I don't have the time to get in the gym every day mm -hmm. at, for one hour. Like, and so for so honestly, for some time um, early in my career, I'm like, I don't think I can do it. And I don't like that language, but it was, that's when I had to open up my mindset and realize that there's different types of exercises. One mm -hmm. just has to find that of what works for them. Right. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely speaking truth. And I think definitely, um, underrated is watching what you eat. People yes. think, well, I have to work out one to two hours a day if I want to lose weight. No, you just have to change what you eat. You can walk for 20 minutes a day and lose weight as long as you're eating healthy like that. And that you have to just incorporate all day long. Um, and, and you don't have to find two hours to work out. Um, True statement. Yeah. True statement. It's hard. I get it. It's hard, but but it's all really in the mind. It's all really in the mind. It's funny it that is. you say about what you eat because I'm one that I people think that I'm watching what I eat because I'm trying to be as fit as possible. No, I actually watch what I eat. One because I I don't like eating certain things. One mm -hmm. and secondly, I actually realize how different my body functions when I eat certain things. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes that's like another careful conversation that you have to have with people because sometimes mm -hmm. people are like, no, food is my, I have to have food. And I'm like, okay, you do have to have food, yeah. uh, but you just have to watch what type of food you, you eat. Mm -hmm. I went to a stand-up comedy years ago and I, it always uh, makes me laugh when I think about what the comedian said. He said, I just don't understand people. People will go out and buy a burger, buy this, buy that. And then they end up, uh, uh, they'll drink a Diet Coke. Like, what is yeah. it? <laughs> Yeah. And it was so funny. It's like, it's true. You know, we think right. that we're doing something because we're doing drinking a Diet Coke, but Hey, to each his own, it's just the reality of yeah. really what keeps our body going. And if we want it to keep, be as strong, um, that we just have to do what we have to do on a daily basis to keep it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Martha, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Same. Thank you so much for, for meeting with me today. I think that you have so much, um, uh, it's just inspirational to hear your story and how you started and where you are now and how you got there and all of those that all of those tips and, and helpful things can be helpful for so many, so many realtors who are in the same, same situation. Thank you. So I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. So are you planning on attending the national convention in San Diego this year? So I was planning on to, I was actually talking to some of my sister networks. I'm with the Women's Council of Realtors. Yeah, um, fortunately, I am the president of the greater capital area uh, out here, the one that covers the Washington, D.C. and Montgomery County. So I've actually been talking to some of them and we were going to go together. But because I now have to travel for a same like of conference uh, in Texas this month in September, and then mm -hmm. I'm also I've also been asked to speak at the Maryland Realtors Conference uh, in October. Mm -hmm. uh, and school is back in session. I'm yeah. like, Martha, you're not a young fling anymore. You got kids. You, you can't do all these trips every single month. So I've had to come to reality that as much mm -hmm. as I would like to, I'm just not going to do it this year because of the other conferences I have to go to. Well, maybe in May, hopefully we'll be in DC again for mid-year. Yes. And I we miss can that. get together. That would be great. That would be wonderful, Angela. Yeah. I love DC. It's so beautiful. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope we stay in touch and you have a great day. Thank you so much for having me as well, uh, Angela. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you have found value in these episodes, please be sure to share and subscribe. I have so much more in store with guests that I can't wait to learn.